Hello everyone, I'm Rebecca Roll and I'm here to talk about the award-winning novel Kindred by Octavia E. Butler and specifically about what contextual effects of time and place have on the human condition. I usually don't really like reading, but this book definitely drew in my attention. This story is told from the perspective of Dana Franklin, an African-American who finds herself intermittently sent back and forth in time between California in 1976 to a plantation in pre-Civil War Maryland. We all know that the physical conditions of these two time periods were very different, but let's talk about the human condition. The human condition is what defines us as a species. It composes the essentials of the human experience. From the moment you're born, you face challenges, make wishes, have dreams, and experience conflicts and emotions. All of these that you go through change the way you think and just how you are as a person in general, even if it's just in the slightest bit. But the human condition that an African-American woman experienced in pre-Civil War South is definitely way different than what an African-American woman's human condition is today, or even a white man's human condition back then. I don't think any African-American in America today would ever have to wake up and be sent out to the field to do back-breaking slave labor, or wish to be free and not the property of a white slave owner, or even just wish to learn how to read and write and get an education. But this is exactly what slaves went through back then. The human condition varies from different time periods in different places, but we'll get deeper into that a little later. Back to Kindred. The main character, Dana, who is African-American, is married to Kevin Franklin, who is white. Before Dana started traveling back in time, her and Kevin lived pretty happily in their homes in California. Like everyone else, they had some struggles, but for the most part, they lived a normal life, up until the time traveling, obviously. Kevin was a full-time author while Dana strived to be one as well, but worked at a casual labor agency until the novel she was working on took off. Ironically, the regulars working there called it the slave market, but little did Dana know she would soon experience what slavery was actually like. Today, Kevin and Dana's mixed marriage is considered pretty normal. They did experience one minor racist comment, but nothing serious. Even though America has progressed a great amount since the slave era, racism still prevails. In Angela Unwauchi Willig's New York Times article titled, Race and Racial Identity Are Social Constructs, she explains why there is still racial discrimination, even though slavery has ended. She argues that race really isn't a thing. It's just a social construct that has been conditioned by society to be seen in a certain way, which developed over time within a certain group, and like the human condition, changes depending on the time period and place. For example, as she said, a person who is considered black in America could be considered colored in South Africa or even white in Brazil. If race was real in a genetic sense, there could only be one classification for this, but there are no set guidelines or rules to determine one's true race, and this in turn affects interracial marriages just like Kevin and Dana's. They experience a shift in how they personally understand their individual racial identity. Octavia E. Butler effectively goes against this social construct by highlighting the fact that American families are almost never purely one race or another, and that love is love, no matter what race you identify as. In 1976, Kevin and Dana are both equal and don't define each other by their race, but this all changes when they first go back to the 1800s. So let's get back to Kindred. Dana travels back in time to Antebellum South, or the South before the Civil War, multiple times, and each time her mission was to save the son of a white plantation owner, who turns out to be her ancestor. Dana must save Rufus from the dangerous situations he gets himself into in order to return back home. 
Each of her stays gets longer and longer, causing her to face many challenges of a slave. The human condition for an African American before the Civil War, and specifically in the South, was very rough. The PBS article on the conditions of antebellum slavery goes into great detail about how they lived during that time. The article explains that slaves were considered property just because they were black, and their status was often enforced by violence, which is seen throughout Kindred. The first instance when Dana watches in horror as a black man is dragged out of his house and brutally beaten just because he didn't have any of his free papers. As Dana said, paperless blacks were fair game for any white. The PBS article also goes into the conditions of female slaves, that they had many chores to do around the house, including cooking, taking care of the children, spinning, weaving, and sewing. Every time Dana traveled back to the 1800s, she had to take up the responsibilities as a slave, like cooking for her master's family. But Dana was very different from the rest of the slaves. Because she grew up over a century later where African Americans were not considered property or inferior just because of their skin color, she experienced a different human condition. She was independent, brave, and most importantly, she was educated. Her strong personality set her apart from the rest of the slaves. Because of her human condition, Dana had a different experience when she was sent back to Antebellum South, even though she went through the same things that the rest of the slaves went through. She was whipped, beaten, threatened to be sold, degraded, insulted, yet she handled all of these instances with strength and courage and never lost her dignity. She adapted to the oppression of being black during the Antebellum era, but kept her independence and refused to become a true slave. When Rufus called her the N-word, she stood her ground and told him he could not say that because it was offensive, even though it was a very common term back then and black people traditionally weren't supposed to stand up to white people. Dana was a big influence on Rufus. She was there for Rufus more than even his mother or father were, because every time he was in trouble or in danger, he wouldn't think of his parents. He would call out to Dana, and each time she had to help him out of the situations he got himself into. They were very dependent on each other, and Dana knew that she would need to stay on good terms with him if she wanted to make it back home each time. Because Dana spent so much time with him, she tried to mold his personality and make him a better person. However, she could not change his human condition. Rufus did have a connection with Dana, but after all, he was a white boy raised on his father's plantation in the antebellum south, and his human condition definitely reflected that. He was pretty spoiled and acted very entitled. He often snapped at Dana, like when he called her the N-word, but he also even burned down his father's stable and was just about to burn down his entire house until Dana stepped in and put out the fire. She tried to teach him morals and to respect black people as equals, but that was just not possible when the entire world around you has the same views that black people were inferior and should never be treated equal. She wanted to think that he would be a good man, but she knew that she failed to change him when she transported back to see Rufus getting beaten up for the rape of a black woman named Alice. He eventually fell in love with her, but Alice wanted nothing to do with him. No surprise there. Rufus couldn't stand the fact that he, a white man, would be rejected by Alice, an African-American woman, because they're supposed to be inferior. They're supposed to give in to all of our commands. They're slaves after all, right? Well... Even though it was very evident that Alice did not want to be with Rufus and she even had a husband of her own, Rufus didn't know how to handle situations where he didn't get his own way. Since he was little, he lashed out when he didn't get what he wanted. Dana helped him out in most of these situations, but she was done with how Rufus was acting. He drove Alice to suicide with his lies and Dana couldn't forgive him for that. She reached her breaking point. Then, Rufus tried to comfort himself for his loss by attempting to rape Dana too. Rufus's human condition could not be changed by Dana no matter how hard she tried and it ended up leading him towards his doom when Dana stabbed him and killed him for trying to rape her.
He believed that he was entitled to everything and that he should always get his way, then act it out when he didn't, because that's just the way he grew up. That was his human condition. However, his father, Tom Whalen, was a different story. Yes, he was a slave owner and could be very cruel at times, but deep down, Tom Whalen was a good man, and Dana could see that. As time progressed, she could tell that Tom was a fair man that had good morals, but his human condition affected the way he treated people. On page 134, she even said, Whalen wasn't the monster he could have been with the power he held over his slaves. He wasn't a monster at all, just an ordinary man who sometimes did the things his society said were legal and proper. When Dana realized that Rufus did not commit to something he promised Dana he would do, to send the letters Dana wrote to Kevin, Tom sent them to him. He was a man of his word and kept his promises, whether you were black or white. Who knows? If Tom Whalen grew up in modern America like Dana, he could be a completely different person where he would treat black and white people the same, but he was conditioned to think like the other white people in the antebellum South to mistreat and dehumanize African Americans. The human condition changes from time period and place, and what a person goes through based on where they are and what era they live in will change the way they think and live their life. From the moment you're born, you face challenges, make wishes, have dreams, experience conflicts and emotions, and all these change you as a person and how you think, even if it's just in the slightest bit. As you can see, Dana's life changed drastically from when she was living in California in 1976 to when she was brought back to Maryland in the 1800s. But she still kept her morals and never lost her dignity no matter how much her life changed. Because that was Dana's human condition. She was strong and never gave up. It could be argued that the human condition back then progressed into the social constructs that we have today. Even though Dana did not experience nearly as much racism in 1976 as she did in the 1800s, racism still resonates, which brings us back to the social construct article. Butler did an excellent job conveying the message that it is not something a person tries to make happen or something that you see coming, it just happens. Dana never knew when she was going to be sent back in time at Rufus's calling. It just hit her all of a sudden, all at once. If you think about it, you never know when your life is going to change either, whether you're living in modern day or back then, but the events that could take place would be very different. It's just the way life goes, and no one can try to change the course of this, which Dana realized the hard way.